everyone, and welcome to episode 446 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Good morning, Seth. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, doing wonderfully. This is going to be an interesting podcast. But before we get into that, we got another ghost in Krim. Good morning, Krim. How are you today? Morning. Uh, pretty pretty good. I'm excited. I, I just went to a, a J- Japanese street festival yesterday. Ooh. So got to watch a parade. Got a free one piece deck. TCG deck. <laughs> uh, yeah. I keep hearing people talk about one piece. Is that a new TCG that's like mostly popular in japan like i haven't really seen anyone playing it over here is like is it from japan i don't really know anything about it it's based on the the anime that started in 99 and uh let's let's just say one thing i wasn't sure i'm very skeptical of picking up new games uh card games specifically uh especially anime based ones (laughs) but this one is the core system of this game is absurdly fun and that's just from playing with starter decks Oh, well, that's, I mean, if your game is good, that's, uh, that goes a long yeah. ways, I think. So that's, uh, that's cool. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try yeah. some, someday. Yeah, now that you're an anime lover, yeah, if the world is I, ready for that. Now that I watched an anime, I can actually play One Piece, but. <laughs> anyway. How many people on the internet know that Seth is now part of the weebdom? <laughs> I, I, I think a lot because people have been coming into my Twitch stream and being like, hey, Krim told me you watch an anime now. So I think you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're informing the masses that I'm now, yeah, that I watch I'm an anime. I'm spreading the good word. <laughs> spreading the good news. <laughs> anyway, today's going to be kind of a weird week. It was kind of a, a slow week. Tomorrow, we kick off Wilds of Elden Ring spoilers. Things are going to get crazy with all that stuff. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about Commander Masters. There's been some discussion about how well it's selling, some stuff from Mark Rosewater on his blog about how they should price sets, uh, which we want to get into that. We want to talk about some promos that were released this week, some uh, anime stuff Richard wanted to uh, to bring up as far as new cards oh, that are be oh, coming up. So we're going to be we're going to be jumping around a little bit this week. But before we get into it, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit and Card Conduit's the easiest way to sell your magic cards. And if you're tired of all the hassles that go into buy listing your cards, Card Conduit lets you skip them with their curated service. You can send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% service fee. And if you want to do a bit of work, you can use a sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just 2%. No matter which one you choose, you're going to get a detailed report with the results and a fast payment once your order is processed. And you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. Also, a quick reminder, to anyone looking for the video podcast it's on its own channel now uh so if you're looking for the video podcast make sure to uh not look on the main channel but on the new channel the video will be in the article so you can find it from there but subscribe to uh the new channel if you're looking for the mtg goldfish podcast on youtube anyway this is episode one officially right episode, it's a brand new one, one on the new <laughs> site the or channel the yeah yeah we've all been <laughs> recasted the origin story again <laughs> we've been recasted <laughs> We got to watch Uncle Ben die again. (laughs) (laughs) So so let's start with, I guess, what is probably our biggest topic of the week, which is Commander Masters and the pricing of sets, some uh, comments from Mark Rosewater over on his uh, on his blog. So to kind of set the stage for this. 
<laughs> the word on the street is Commander Masters hasn't really been selling very well. There's been a lot of complaints specifically from local game stores about how much they had to pay for the product. Uh, you see the high prices of some of the, the boxes, especially set booster boxes. And it turns out that local game stores are paying like 300 or more dollars for a set booster box of the set. So when you see them being sold for $320, $400, that's kind of just the game stores trying to like make a little bit of money. And in some cases are just breaking even trying to get rid of these boxes. So it sounds like Commander Masters has kind of been a flop, especially for local game stores. And then there was double frustration that uh, there was a big Amazon dump where set booster boxes were selling for like $325 on Amazon and game stores were kind of like, what am I supposed to do with this? I had to buy all these boxes for $300 more uh, dollars from my distributor and now they're selling on Amazon for $325. I either have to price them at $400 and try to make a little money and my community is going to be mad because I'm selling them way more than Amazon or I sell them at Amazon prices and kind of take a bath when you consider the amount of work that goes into it. You're kind of just breaking even or maybe even losing money. So that kind of sets the stage. So there's been a big conversation about the cost to Commander Masters. And then there were a couple of posts on Mark Rosewater's blog in the past week that kind of go along with that. Richard, what are the what are the posts on, uh, on the blog and how does that relate to the Commander Masters? topic just to just so people know the context of this before we get into it okay so so mark rosewater essentially asked for feedback on the um co commander masters kind <laughs> of Ooh, situation what a brave man what a brave yeah. man <laughs> i mean he is a brave man because he probably has nothing to do with any of this and he just gets all the slacking but uh, essentially they can make a commander focused product as the same price as a premier set but that would have to be at the same power levels of premier set. Is that something you would purchase? Essentially, they're saying because the power level is higher, they need to charge more. So would you take, you know, basically standard power level cards, which I don't even know what that means at this point because they're all commander cards anyway. <laughs> but would you would you take that power level uh, at a lower price, which I really want to translate into would you take not, you know, no expensive reprints? Yes. Right. Like if you just if you just look at the reprint value. Would you take less reprint value for a, a cheaper product? I mean, I feel I, like that's definitely uh, that power is a proxy for price, right? That's that's what, it, what everyone's actually talking about when we say, oh, this power <laughs> level thing. We're actually talking about like how much money, how much value is in there. But before we get into it, Cam, there was another one on the blog attack that kind of goes with this where someone asks, like, why is the power level of a set tied to the pack price? It costs the same to print. So like couldn't Commander Masters be just as cheap as any other set because the cardboard's cardboard, ink's ink, it costs the same. And, uh, and Mark kind of explained that his reasoning was a little bit weird. It's that they make a lot of products and they want players to want all the products. So you want to keep them for different audiences and not have one really good one and some bad ones that are way better. So uh, that also kind of ties into it. But the TLDR is from Wizards perspective, they do believe that power level quote unquote, or maybe value is uh, inherently tied to pack prices. So I'm sorry, uh, uh, with that out of the way, I interrupted you. But, uh, what were you going to say? I mean, that's kind of, look, like that's kind of a weird way to skirt around that you acknowledge that there's a, a secondhand market, right? Like, like a pricing and stuff like that, right? Because, like, because I, I don't, I don't think that's, like, really important at all, right? Like, like, I mean, like, why would you, why would you make a pack more expensive? The whole point of these reprints is so that you could, like, get these cards easily more accessible, right? 
Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like the reasoning behind why they chose to make it that much pricier. As someone who, like, you know, like, I'm about to, I'm about to drop the dreaded word, uh, the hot button word. Uh, the, the, being a part of the ambassador program, I, like, I, I do enjoy, like, the, like, the product. I think the reprints, the, cho- the cards they chose were great. But the pricing of it, dude, not, not too good. Uh, it's, uh, why would I buy a $25 regular booster pack, like draft booster or whatever? I don't know. I don't think power level or whatever should factor into whatever you're reprinting because they liked, if you're not supposed to acknowledge <laughs> like the secondhand market and stuff like that, I don't think that you should ch- pick and choose when you do. So just, I mean, so isn't this how Wizards has always done it, though? I remember memeing on, like, they would always say accessibility. And whenever they wanted to, like, talk about card prices, you can't talk about values or costs. So instead, like, accessibility would be the proxy. Like, these cards are harder to find. There's not as many of them out there. So I feel like they're doing the same thing with power here when the real question is, like, about value and how much value you put in there. I mean, the thing is, like, the connection between power and price isn't really that strong, is it? Like, Soul Ring is arguably one of the 10 most powerful cards in Magic, and it's like $2. I think you could print a set that was full of really, really powerful cards, and none of those cards would be worth more than like a dollar, and it would be the hardest of flops. Like, fill it full of Blasphemous Axe and Path to Exiles and Soul Rigs, uh, Arcane Signets. These are all like among the literal most played cards in Commander, the most popular format. And it would be a huge flop, right? Because there's no value there. So I think both from Wizards' perspective and from players' perspective, the value really matters, doesn't it? Like, am I missing it? Like, would you buy that set, Richard? Full of all the $1 staples for $100 or whatever? Yeah, I mean, y'all are asking the wrong questions. Like, it's clear that Wizards cares about money. Right, it's clear that they care about I mean, value, yes. right? And and over the years, they've used lots of words: uh, desirability, accessibility, collectability. These are all proxies for value, right? And basically, if Mark were to tell the truth, he'd be like, "We take as much money from you as possible." Period. Right? <laughs> like they they exist to make money; they're a business. And when you ask them, of course, they're not going to say it, right? They're going to give you a thing, right? It's like when when someone asks you, like, "Hey, what are you doing tonight?" and you're like. I don't know. I got to go sort my magic cards. I'm a little busy. <laughs> that means I don't want to hang out with you. But, you know, I'm, it's, it's a nice way of saying it, right? But then you could be socially awkward and be like, oh, I can come help sort your magic cards. Oh, you can sort magic cards any other day. Have you used the service card conduit? You don't have to sort your magic cards, right? Like, like you're not getting the social hint here that, like, you know, they, they, they got something. They're just trying to be nice and they're deflecting and, like, you know, move on, right? So... When Wizard says all this, it's just like, as much money as we can make from you, such that you don't get upset, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then there's some trade-off of like long-term versus short-term value, but essentially, they charge more for Smothering Tithe because they can, right? They charge more for Jewel Lotus because they can. And sometimes they do give you good cards for cheap, like Blasphemous Act, right? But if they were to make a new Blasphemous Act in 2024 and uh, it was good, they could charge you 50 bucks and you would pay for it. Right? They just can't take a cheap card and suddenly charge you outrageous sums, right? But, uh, you know, we, we they charge as much as we'll give them. And, you know, by not buying Commander Masters, we're, we're giving them a hint, right? We're like, ah, you know, maybe product overload. Maybe we don't want exciting old powerful cards anymore. We want exciting new cards or something, right? I don't know what it is, but 
unfortunately, there is some lag in the feedback. So according to Wizards, this, this set sold great, right? Because all the LGSs bought it up. But then all the LGSs are sitting there holding the bag now. So for them, it's a terrible experience. But it will reflect in the next set, right? The next time Wizards does a, a, um, a master set, LGSs may not buy anymore. And then Wizards will definitely see it at that point, right? So it, there's a bit of lag in the system. So yeah. maybe we're not going to get the feedback for another couple sets. It is a it is a wild system. I didn't realize that local game stores basically just order in the blind before the set's previewed. So they have to just go on like, oh, past master sets sold really well. So I'm going to order a bunch of it and you got to base it on that. And then there's no like return mechanism. So if the set doesn't sell well, it's not like you can just send it back to Watsi or to the distributor. You're just kind of <laughs> stuck with it. So uh, definitely a risky, risky system, especially when margins are already really low at local game stores. Do you think Wizards learn? So we're going to get another Masters set, definitely. We're getting one a year these days. Do you think next year when we get Double Masters 2024, Commander Masters 2, whatever it happens to be, do you think it looks different price-wise, set-wise? Or I always wonder, like, with these questions about, like, feedback and stuff, how actionable do you think it actually is? Or when it comes down to it, is all that really matters the numbers rather than what we say? Kind of like I remember us talking about when we switched from like moto videos on standard on the YouTube to arena and everyone complained about it, but people kept watching. So in some sense, the feedback was like, okay, like I get that some people really don't like this, but if everyone's still watching, it's really not that big of a deal. And then eventually people were okay with arena. Do you think wizards is kind of like that too, where like all they actually look at is the sales data and all of the things that we say and the complaints on social media is just kind of noise that they block out. I mean, I think they definitely take some of it into account, right? I, th I think it has to, but I don't know if that exactly changes uh, how much it's going to cost next set. Because, like, Richard Richard has a very good point, right? Like, it's going to be a bit delayed, right? I mean, if this set still sold well, right, to, to Wizards, then it'll probably still be a bit pricey. Like, I, I, I think they'll make it maybe a little bit cheaper, but it'll probably still be pricey. Yeah, I think Wizards probably learned something from this. I, I don't know what it would be, but there's like a lot of theories why we don't like Commander Masters, right? Is it product fatigue? Is it being followed? It's following up Lord of the Rings, which is like one of the first times that Wizards did something like that. Like maybe we're all reading about Post Malone's $2 million ring rather than buying Commander Masters cards, right? Or maybe it's 2023 and every set comes with new Commander staples why drop $50 for an old staple when I can drop $50 for a new staple? Uh, like, I don't know what it is, right? But there's a, there's a lot of factors at play, but I'm sure Wizards is thinking about it. Um, but does this mean they'll make products cheaper? No, mm -hmm. right? If you spent $1,000 on Magic cards this year, next year they want you to spend 15, uh, 1500 right? So they don't want you to go backwards. So whatever you spent this year, right? They're trying to get more money from you next year. And in a gradual manner that's not a slap in the face right like if you spent a thousand this year and they try to get twenty thousand from you next year you're gonna be like what, yeah. what the heck <laughs> right but if you're like oh 1100 that's just like 30 cents more a day that's not bad right and then you know they'll, they'll just ramp you up right and yeah so I, I don't know right whatever the strategy is to make more money from us next year whether that be more masters or maybe they 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 reduce the price of master sets but release more or something right or maybe they they charge you for another, maybe they like 
three serialized cards next year. I don't know. Maybe Post Malone just bankrolls Wizards, right? I'm not, I'm not sure, but they're, they're trying to make more money every year. So whatever the, the right way to do it. becomes the Wizard of the Coast. <laughs> he gets his own one-of-one one card. You know, what, you know what's nuts? I Okay, so for one collector's box, you could buy four... Tier one Pokemon TCG and One Piece TCG decks. It's so nuts to me. Like, 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 I always forget how expensive like this hobby is. <laughs> I mean, how much is how much is one of the decks in those in those games? Do you have a rough idea what it? Yeah, deck yeah. Costs? Pokemon. Okay, so like outside of one deck in One Piece, where they they made so One Piece has a card, an alternate art of every card. So that there's always a dirt cheap version that's easily accessible. So like it like except for one card in the game, which was like they gave away as a tournament winning, but they oh they had like I guess that was a mistake, and that's the only one in existence that they they've done. You, every card in this game and tournament winning since then has an alternate art, right? And so like one of those decks is like maybe ninety bucks, and then Pokemon around the same like a hundred and ten, a hundred bucks. So I I always forget just how expensive this this hobby is. So to to go back to the original question, actually no, first, do you think there's just a cap on the amount of money magic players have? Cuz that's one of the things I've been wondering. We know that <laughs> Lord of the Rings was the best selling set of all time. In some sense, is it just foolishness on Wizards' part to like print the literal best selling set of all time? Have articles go up about how they made a hundred million dollars uh, already on the Lord of the Rings set since it released a month ago or something, and then also expect the same community to have money for a very high price master set? Like, is that just do we just have a total? Is there like whatever a million dollars? Let's choose a number that the total community has to spend each year, and we just choose which sets to divide it up between. And we spent most of it on Lord of the Rings, so of course we're not going to have as much money for, you know, for the next set. Like, is that what's happening? I, just pro- I, proxy I, your money. Just proxy your money. Yeah, yeah. yeah you the government proxy. does not like accept that. monopoly money. <laughs> it prints some more. Like, like, of course, everyone has limited money. Like, Wait, why doesn't the why doesn't the government want us to proxy money? I don't understand. <laughs> Krim, if you take my proxy money, I'll take your proxy money. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. What do you want to value your fake money at? Just like, I mean, Richard hands people bills with his face on it. So so actually, so I know we're joking around, but actually we we can definitely spend more money. Well, some people can spend more money, right? Because you don't. Theoretically, you don't max out every dollar onto Magic the Gathering. You have like savings or you have oh, money God. for other hobbies. <laughs> oh, or, God. You know, whatever, rent. right? For so, rent. rent. Food. Yeah, rent. You foolish okay, rent is essential. But like theoretically, <laughs> you know, I, I, I put money into mobile games or something, right? Theoretically, yeah. Wizards <laughs> could wrestle that out of my hands. <laughs> Right, they can wrestle my PS5 oh, money away Richard, from me. Or no, something. they got you. The gotcha they, they gotcha me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there, there, there is like you know, I could cut a Starbucks coffee or something and buy a, a <laughs> and buy draft a booster. Right. So theoretically, <laughs> they can squeeze money out of people, but in reality, people are like, I spent like two thousand dollars this year. Maybe that's not wise. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't spend more. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, in 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 all seriousness, we probably just well, uh, 
I think it also has now we're starting to see the fact that like every single like set there's there's a lot of sets right so now people are just getting lost in the sets too so I I think that's got to be a little bit of it right like like people are still celebrating like you know Lord of the Rings they how many people even know like from a casual sense outside of the enfranchised player that Commander Masters came out. Yeah, yeah, there are there are a lot of sets which are, uh, in some sense, they got to be cannibalizing each other a little bit, right? Yeah. That the people are dividing their money between more products. Some people maybe, I guess, are putting in more because Wizards does keep making more money year after year. But some people are just, you have a magic budget and you're dividing that between more products and spending the same amount as you would have is just split up in a different way. What do you think about the actual question that we were trying to answer at the beginning of this? Like, master set... At standard set power level, at standard set prices, is that better or worse than what we have currently? Like, why would that be that some... be better? I mean, master then... power level sets. No, 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 standard... no, 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 no. So the master set would be standard power level and standard oh, prices. Terrible. Why would? Oh, wait, hold on. So then you would just <laughs> never get. Why would you? Why would you do that? That's the other direction. Then you would never get a jeweled lotus reprint. You'd never right. get fierce guardianship, right? Commander Masters crew. <laughs> yes, it, I the, mean the we, price of staples wouldn't come down as much, right? Like your your expensive cards would remain expensive because they can't be fitted into these sets. Yeah, the closest thing we've seen is probably something like conspiracy maybe some of those supplemental products that are they're not master sets but they're they are supplemental sets that are sold at the normal prices and if you look at those sets they usually have a few good reprints i think doubling season was in battle bond or something so there'll be a handful of like high-end reprints but it also would not be like we see in commander masters where there's a bunch of cards that are 50 plus dollars some hundred dollar cards tons of 20 dollar cards like the power level would be a lot lower I feel like the current system's better than that, right? Like, what's the point in printing a master set if you're not going to reprint the good things? And I mean, in yeah. And in defense of this set, as much as people aren't buying sealed product, it has really brought down prices of singles. Like, it, it lost maybe in some of the, the shuffle. Like, a lot of really powerful and expensive cards are way cheaper than they were a month ago. Like, the medallion cycle, instead of $30, oh, yeah. they're like $10. And that's really across the board. Fierce Guardianships, like $35 now. Like, many, many really, yeah, like, uh, many, many staples are, like, half price because of this set. It doesn't make it feel better to buy a box or make it more wise to buy a box because there's also a lot of bulk rares and whatnot. But uh, there's a lot of cards that dropped a ton in price. So I feel like the set did serve a purpose for the community, right? Even if it's not worth cracking a box of, like, it you know, is making they, these cards cheaper. Actually, not all the cards. Did you know that Zatalpa is still, like, 25 cents? <laughs> still 25 cents. <laughs> still 25 cents. <laughs> so, you know, I was just waiting till Zatalpa got to around 5 cents, and then I would pick them up, you know? <laughs> so, so there's a third option, which is what Krim alluded to. What if you just release Commander Masters as is, but charged standard prices for it? Yeah, it costs Wizards the same, you know, to print the cardboard to distribute it to whatever. It's literally the same cost to them. Yes, they make less money, but, but why can they? they not drive the price down further? Wait, like, why, why? Why do these expensive cards need to remain expensive? Like they're old cards; they're not even new cards. So why don't the old cards over time just go down in value, so that you can spend your money on the the cool new cards? Right? Like what? What is, is, is wrong? Is that about necessarily that? going to mean that the set will sell less, though? 
Like, maybe okay, it'll so, sell more, but maybe you make less profit. I don't know, right? I don't know what the numbers would be, right? But there's a world where you make less profit, or there's a world where you make more profit <clears throat> because you sold more. But they're, right. they're kind of diluting their reprint equity for right. that, right? Well, how, mu- how much was a Lord of the Rings booster? It was yeah. like a little more than a standard set, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't standard set prices. Maybe 150, no. 180. Was it in okay. that range? I I, I I could be wrong, but I think it's a little bit more than standard prices, but not near master's prices. Then, yeah, like, so let's just say, so the average box is, what, 100 bucks, right? That's kind of the dollars, traditional, right? yeah, 100 bucks right. roughly for a standard set. Then I would probably say, at the very least, whatever they're at now, it can't be that price, right? Because that price is absurd. But what if you split the difference and then you move it somewhere around, like, 130 140 a box 150 a box right which would then turn what every pack into about instead of like three dollars or like four dollars into about like maybe six or seven eight bucks right because people were like i think people would buy it around then and if like i get it if you're gonna just be a like a business whatever and you i get it right like oh we're a business so money yada 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 then then like yeah i mean is that that's still decent right I feel like, like this, I, I mean, it would be decent. Is this not just going to a monstrous capitalistic company and being like, hey, out of the goodness of your heart, why don't you take one for the team and make way less money because we would like cheaper cards? Like, I feel like it's so I, idealistic. Like, you're, it's capitalism that you're supposed to, you know, beat them with a pool cue to get all the change out of their pockets. Is, that is, is the is whole the point of our system. This is the arena economy <laughs> changes where they do a bunch of changes. At the end of the day, they make the same amount of money, but they shift the feels bad around, right? So it feels bad to spend a lot of money on a product of old cards. Like, you're just buying reprints. Why do I have to spend so much money for reprints? So what you do is you make this product cheaper and then your Lord of the Rings set can be the one that's like overpriced, right? Because I don't feel bad spending more money for Gandalf because Gandalf is special and Gandalf is like not Wizards IP. So I understand I got to pay a tax to the Lord of the Rings (laughs) estate or something. Like there's less mental gymnastics you have to go to to justify like, oh, this is a brand new, the one ring card. It's so powerful. It deserves its marked up price versus this card I've been playing with since forever. I remember when it was five bucks, but now I'm paying 50 bucks for it. And I don't want this old card. So yes, Wizards doesn't need to make less money, but they can like shift the things around so that they make the same amount of money. But, you know, you're excited to spend your money versus begrudgingly expending your money, even though it's the same amount of money you spend all the time. I think the the other thing with that is just like so if you reprint if you printed Commander Masters for 100 bucks or 150 bucks that means all the cards in that set will drop a lot more in price. Do you think Wizards yeah. is okay with that? Cuz I feel like isn't Wizards incentive to keep prices of cards as high as possible without the community revolting and mutinying essentially because that means they can sell commander legends with jeweled lotus and then they can sell commander masters and then a year from now they can sell something else with jeweled lotus when if you just like put it all out there and make it five bucks then that's kind of off the table like isn't that wizard's business model essentially trying to keep prices high but not so high that we actually quit the game isn't that their goal (laughs) 
do they have too many of those? It's like a commander deck, right? You want all your good cards, but maybe Wizards has a 200-card deck at this point, and they can afford to cut some of these cards and lower the price to... Like, it's not like give a freebie to the community, but, like, to encourage, like, different decks or encourage new players or things like that, right? Like, I feel they actually have too many expensive cards and that, you know, we often say that, oh, there's not enough products to reprint all these cards to bring down the price because each product doesn't bring down the price enough. And then the result is they got to make, like, 8 million products and no one has the time for that. So they could just more dramatically reduce the prices. So, you know, they can't do this for every set, but... Would it kill everyone if Jewel Lotus and Smothering Tithe was like ten bucks? Like I don't think why, so. Why not? Why not make this like every make the premiere set like eight dollars a pack, and that's still more than a standard pack, right? What? Why does? Why is there one pack that is eight dollars? Or Modern Horizons three or whatever two was like nine ten bucks, right? When it was fresh, mm-hmm. hot off the presses, uh, and then like yeah, like then on top of that, sure, like you do that. That set sold well. Why is this one 20-some dollars a pack? Because it has twice as much value in it than Modern Horizons does. Like, I think that actually is just, like, the answer. (laughs) had Fetchlands. It had Raghavan. It had, like, a lot of cards in there, right? It had Archmage's Charm reprint, stuff like that, right? So, like, I don't know. I, I I don't see why it matters. Again, the weird power level thing where it's like power level determining the price of the pack is kind of weird. I mean, I mean it, it is, but at the same time, I, I don't like. I think the absolute price matters. Like, if they just threw in, you know, twenty dollars more of EV, I don't think anyone would care. Yeah, right? like they they, it, they would have to do something extreme, like put in duels, like or something like original duels. But it's just. The fact that a draft booster box costs two hundred fifty dollars, like you balk at, right? You're like, what? That's kind of ridiculous, right? So they could keep adding value to it, but I think ultimately you just want to reduce the price to make it look cheap because the majority of players don't buy this to like sell back the cards. They kind of just buy it. And what are keep you talking the cards about? In their collection, right? <laughs> don't so, don't like, you that, know the biggest it. card gamer fallacy like ever? Like it's like, oh look, I opened a hundred dollar card. <laughs> Great, would you sell it? Why would I do that? <laughs> I mean, it could go I think, up in price. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good point. I remember someone on Twitter. There was a conversation about the cost of doing like the limited open at uh, MagicCon Vegas, and it was like two hundred fifty dollars or some high price. And there was a big debate over like, was that too much? Is it too little? And there was one person that just said like, it's too much for me because I don't have two hundred fifty dollars. And it sounds really cool, and I'd love to do it, but I just don't have that amount of money. So I think the absolute price does end up mattering because there's some people that just don't have $325 that they can realistically spend on magic as much as they would love a box of Commander Masters or as much as they would love a, a the new pre-con, but it's selling for $140 and they just realistically can't do that. So I think you're right. The absolute price does matter. I mean, I think that ideal outcome is kind of what Krim was saying about One Piece. I don't know how we get wizards there. I feel like so much of these issues are tied to the fact that magic has been around for so long and doing things in one way with one business model for so long. But in the ideal world, right, there's like super cheap versions of Jeweled Lotus that sell for $5 and anyone can play them. But then there's also these super expensive versions that have whatever card treatments and cool foiling or whatever that are selling in very expensive products. Like that's the win-win. Like Wizards in theory makes a ton of money selling the expensive ones to the whales, but there's the cheap ones for everyone to play with. 
I just don't know how we get wizards to that point. And my concern, like, I would love to see Commander Master sell for $100. My concern is that argument's just a non-starter for wizards. I feel like if I went to wizards, like, but hey, buddy, just cut your, cut your prices uh, by, you know, to one-fourth of what they currently are. Like, I feel like they would just laugh me out of the room. So I feel like when we're having these conversations, it's not that I don't want the cards to be cheaper. It's that I feel like we're going to win more if we have a realistic argument for wizards rather than just make it cheaper it's, because I want it to be cheaper. I can't believe that's not realistic because I still think like 180 a box, like Lord of the Rings prices is a lot, right? Like, and remember, this is coming from so like... I am probably the least likely person to buy a box. You're the person that buys the most boxes here. It's true. I buy singles. I buy singles. I'm sorry. That's 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 where I spend my money. I know what I want. I'm going to get what I want, right? Like so I I don't know. I mean, I still like it like a price that would make me want to splurge on boxes. Like Yu-Gi-Oh! literally re-released their original sets at $70 a box. <laughs> like, like they're yeah. like, like at Pokemon boxes are about $70 to $90. Same with One Piece. I don't like every card game is push like has cheaper boxes almost. And and like so like I get it, Magic has the premiere sets, and I I want Magic to have these cool premiere sets and like boxes and stuff. But but like double that, that's 180. That's still a lot. Why would, how is that not a, how is that laughable? I guess is the question, right? Like I mean, that's those, those card games are the perfect example of success because Pokemon does not need to maximize its profits on its card game, right? Like ideally, we don't want wizards to keep making more money from us, right? Because we don't want to spend more money, obviously. So the, the easiest way is to find other TCG players. Get them to spend the money. So new TCG players, right? So that would be Lord of the Rings, right? Get new people into the game. You can take their money, uh, make more money without taking money from me. But ultimately, you can take the Pokemon strategy where you don't even need to be a TCG player, right? I make money from people watching the cartoon. I make money from people buying the plushies. I make money from whatever, right? Like I make money from tons of ways. So the cards are just there for you to you know, become enfranchised and then spend money. <laughs> you mean those plushies? I yeah, know. right? Like, those are very profitable, right? You don't need to, like, extract 50 more cents out of the booster pack price, right? You can just make more money by selling merch or you can make more money by making people watch Detective Pikachu or something, right? Like, there, there are lots of good movies. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want Wizards to take more money from me. I want Wizards to make more money by taking money from other sources in the world. And there's a lot of sources in the world, right? So okay, I think the that net, is... The Netflix show will do that. Does it? Like, yeah, the Netflix show. Like Arcane, right? Made, <laughs> the Netflix made, show. Made League of Legends lots of money without having to extract people from their, you know, from the actual video game or something, right? They didn't have to charge more money to play League of Legends. Uh, they made it with another new revenue stream so that's what i want wizards to do not take my money but get other people's money <laughs> doesn't doesn't universes beyond work against that goal i was thinking about this this week that like if you look at how hasbro manages stuff like they have some franchises they manage like transformers where it's like we have this brand we're gonna throw it on lunch boxes make movies make plushies and then they have some franchises that are like monopoly where monopoly you have this game and they just kind of rent out that name and like make nfl monopoly fortnite monopoly 
I feel like magic is going the Monopoly direction when the universe is beyond. Like, a few years ago, it felt like they were trying to make a Netflix show and trying to do the Transformers thing and Planeswalkers would be the superheroes. But I almost feel like they, they did a 180 and now the plan is not to do that with magic because the universe is beyond stuff, I think, makes that harder because it kind of like diminishes the flavor and the lore of magic itself to some extent. So, so I feel like now they're just kind of like renting out the game system to all these other IPs. So is it still realistic to do a TV show and sell plushies if your best selling sets are Lord of the Rings and Final Fantasy and not Jason Chandra? It's so funny to hear Seth mention Final Fantasy. And all these IPs. I'm, I'm like, an oh, anime dude. fan now. I watched yeah, yeah, Death yeah. Note, Grim. I watched Death Note. <laughs> <laughs> anime. I am the real uh, Doctor Anime. Move over to Yeah, exactly. You've become you are apprentice anime right now, but you're on your way. I I, I think that okay, yeah. Maybe maybe that makes it a little weirder, but I, I I do still think that there's a world where you could easily make that happen because the core system behind like the like I guess behind everything is it's multiverse in the year of multiverses i don't think anything takes away from it i don't think i i don't think that that you can't still have all of that the netflix shows and 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 whatnot right and also have universes beyond because i love universes beyond i mean they they like like rich is about to prove how much he loves universes beyond when final fantasy comes out (laughs) um so he like i i personally think you can have all of that right in a multiversal world it doesn't break the immersion or ruin anything. I've, I've given up on Wizards IP. I'm like, especially when we were like, we're doing a Western set. I'm like, I don't want to see. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Western. Like, just give me, just hit me up with the Red Dead Redemption or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> there's some proven good IP in this domain. Just hit me up with it. Now that it's a reality, I, I have that expectation. Like, for example, if I told you we were doing fantasy RPG Magic the Gathering set, you're like, get that noise out of here. Give me Final <laughs> Fantasy set, right? <laughs> Give me, like, whatever. Like, you know, like, we, we've set this expectation. So I'm already not excited. Like, it's hard to make your own IP. And, you know, there's growing pains with it, right? But now that you've given me like dessert first i'm just i just want dessert like i don't want my vegetables anymore so <laughs> give me give me final fantasy give me i don't know whatever the hot new thing is give me street fighter give me warhammer like i don't like do you want to see wizards space marines or do you want to see warhammer do you want to see starcraft <laughs> you, i'm like you know, you you know can't richard compete with that <laughs> do you do you know the card game it's like I, I forgot the base game of it but like they make all the anime ca- like cards right like they've got like like attack on titan they got all yeah. these things right yeah. i did not know that it was a game that <laughs> just uses other ips i thought i <laughs> thought this was an attack games. on titan game yeah. right <laughs> yeah so you know what's funny? I bought those cards, and I'm like, oh, cool, magic. I could use more tokens. And, yeah, I, I'm buying these things, and I'm just like, you know, I, I one day I was like, okay, I'll try these games out, right? And, I, and I'm like, man, this stuff would be so cool if the core system of this game actually didn't suck butt. And that's, you know, I don't think it's exactly the worst thing either that magic lends out its core game system to all these cool IPs. I think that's a pretty sweet thing because now I get to enjoy all these worlds with great game design. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing, and I think there's upsides to it, but I also 100% think it makes it harder to make a Magic TV show or make Magic plushies if 
if what everyone is buying is Lord of the Rings and Final Fantasy, like I, I don't think you can have it both ways. I don't think you can make your game this Why iconic not? lore game and also have your best sets feature other IPs. Maybe Magic Why would be better not? if it they just gave up on Magic lore. Honestly, the the lore has been <laughs> no. so up and down and controversial. Remember the War of the Sparks novel where we literally okay, just well, moved on it so hard they stopped making Magic <laughs> novels? Okay. Remember the Chandra Nissa stuff? It's not like we have some great track record of Wizards just making this amazing lore. It's like there's good and bad and up and down, so maybe we're better off just like but letting Tolkien do it, letting Final Fantasy do it, because they're actually really good at it, and we're really good at making magic cards. So we focus on what we're really good at, which is making a fun game, and let other people do the War of the Spark novels so we don't get memed <laughs> on so hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what theoretically getting bought by Hasbro was supposed to do, right? Like, like Wizards of the Coast was like a card game company. They're very focused on the card game, and Hasbro is supposed to be this, like, megacorp, great at making these like IPs like Transformers or I don't even know what else Monopoly, Mr. Potato Head, whatever we have, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. There at some point someone of that background was put in charge at, at Wizards. I, I remember this because they're like, oh, we did such great things with XYZ about IP and we're gonna do it to magic. So theoretically the pieces are in place, but I think they're just being driven by like short term profits. Like yeah. in the short term. The TCG is booming, right? You can make so much oh. money from it by just printing Lord of the Rings, Final Fantasy, etc. So let's cash in on that. But long term, that's that's bad, right? And just look at like Netflix, right? Like Netflix used to have everyone's TV shows and they were the only game in town because they were the only ones that could do streaming. But nowadays, it's so easy to do streaming. Every studio, every company has their own streaming service and they keep all their exclusive shows on their own thing. And Netflix is left with nothing. So Netflix has evolved and they have all these Netflix exclusives now. Uh, you know, what is the Wizards of the Coast <laughs> equivalent, right? Like you saw Lorcana, Disney's like, hey, it's pretty easy to make a card game. We'll just make a card game, right? <laughs> we'll just sell our Disney characters on our own card game. And maybe the game sucks. doesn't matter. People still buying it, right? <laughs> so eventually, you know, what if, what if everyone moves to Lorcana? What if Lorcana's like, hey, everyone, we're Disney. We're big. Come. You know, if you bring your IP here, we'll put you on some action figures or something while we're at it, right? We'll put you in the next MCU movie. Have all that, <laughs> right? Come over to our so, card game. And then what's Wizards <laughs> going to do at that point, right? People yeah. people are saying that it's very unlikely, by the way. They want to keep it classic Disney, uh, like, like aesthetic. That's yeah. the reason. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's my that, – that's the whole Lorcana thing anyways. But, yeah, yeah. – Oh, boy, it's too Tinkerbelly for me. It just, like, I, I hope it's a great game, but it's just, it looks like a little kid's game. It reminds me of being a kid and when I liked Disney movies or whatever when I was five years old. Like, I couldn't imagine Don't sitting down with this. live your youth, I couldn't imagine sitting <laughs> yeah, down like, with a straight face in Pinocchio versus Are you yelling at clouds right Mouse. now, like, Seth? Are yeah, probably. Probably a little bit. Y'all casting, like, pirate monkeys and, yeah. Uh, yeah. with the ring. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll be I'm an adult now. Yeah, Look I'm, at me, yeah. My cards. Yeah. I don't. I, I. I don't think that like I need to necessarily love the IP at at at, at its core, right? Like, like because I don't like One Piece. I don't like One Piece the show. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I thought you I loved like, every anime. No, 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 no. I know. I don't actually like One Piece. My roommate and like you know my friend Kessler. Everybody wants. It's like Krim. You need to watch One Piece, and I'm just like, Krim, dude. Krim is I, an anime hipster. He's that, like, that's too mainstream. It's been no, going on for like here. too long. Dragon Ball's overrated. One Piece is trash. I'm literally. Oh 
I'm literally about to get a Jujutsu Kaisen tattoo, so I don't even know if I can even say I'm a hipster. What are you talking about? Uh, One Piece sounds like it's about a bathing suit, just saying. I mean, um, I'm glad that's what you think it is. <laughs> there, for all the weebs that are listening right now, we've done it. Seth, anime professor, has now found the One Piece. Uh, all right. Any any other thoughts on Commander Masters before we uh, talk about some other stuff? We've uh, we've talked about this for quite a while. Any any final closing thoughts on oh, Commander okay, Masters? Wait, wait. This stuff? is the perfect transition. <clears throat> Into the anime's modern time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Krim, you weren't here when we talked about the anime cards. Yeah. Uh, that that were released. The Eldrain stuff. Yeah. The, yes. the the Eldrain cards. Okay. So there is an anime smothering tithe. Right. Okay. So speaking of trying to extract money from everyone, they're trying to extract money from the weebs. And the theory is, if you don't add anime cards, Japanese people are not going to buy these cards. But if you look at the cart. The card art for anime smothering tithe. Yeah. I look at it and I'm just like, Wizards has gone too far. This is not speaking of like does not jive with the, the look and feel of the game and the <laughs> Lorcan of this. Like, what is this anime smothering tithe? It has nothing to do with smothering tithe. You look at that art, it's just generic anime art. And I don't I don't know. I, I Richard, would feel embarrassed simple, to play this, simple, <laughs> right? You're like, what Richard. is this? Is just like low quality anime <laughs> art chucked on a card that has like no relevancy <laughs> to the actual thing. Like, what's the smothering tithe here? Like, I guess they're wearing like what looks to be like clothes from church. I don't know, right? Like, it's so. What do you think, Krim? As an anime lover, is this a a pass? There, or... there is no no specific attire or wardrobe to wear that makes it anime. It's the art style, right? Like that's that's what we're here for. And yes, I will I will say okay. And what's smothering tithe? It's smothering you with waifus. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, There's God. the smothering oh, no. tithe. Okay, oh, no. I I am and I let me tell you something. God damn it, wizard! I want this so bad. <laughs> what? I, no, Grim. Yeah, dude. I want oh. this. I want the greater Oromancy. Good lord, this, I want this is the giving anime study. a bad name. This is no, like... it's not. What are you okay, talking wait, about? Okay, wait, Seth. As a as a partial to this, I guess you're an anime. <laughs> <movie. laughs> now that you're what, an anime guy, what is your impression of this promo? <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't play it personally. Like, I I would. I don't like the guy puking out gold art on the original Smothering Tithe. I think it's kind of ridiculous, and I would definitely stick with the original. I don't understand, like Richard was saying, why this is Smothering Tithe. Totally great with them putting anime art on stuff, because we saw with, what, Jumpstart 2022 that it's, like, ridiculously powerful or popular. We saw those, like, random commons that are selling for, like, 20 bucks just because it has anime art. So I think it's great. There's obviously a market for it. I do not understand why that's Smothering Tithe, though. Like, you could... Really, with all these anime arts that we've seen so far, if you just shuffled art randomly from card to card, I would not know that. It, like, you could do that, what? and it would be perfectly what? fine. I feel like it really is. Okay. Like, even, like, greater Oromancy, Ristic Study. Like, I guess Ristic Study has a book, so I guess that's a wait, little wait, bit wait, like wait, Ristic wait, wait, Study. Wait, 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 wait. So, so Smothering Tithe, right? The Like, the dude yes. choking and vomiting up gold, right? Yes. He's in, He's got, essentially, he's dying, suffering from success, the meme. Right? Yeah. Because he's <laughs> yes. drowning in riches. That's perfect, right? But how does this, this 
Come on, look at this. Get that across. We're talking about a, a two very regal. You, like if you've watched <laughs> anime, you know how their these voice actors are gonna sound, right? And on top of that, they're going to be absurdly snobby. They're high end, like 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 snob lords in like in the world of anime, and they look like they are. Like, look at the the smirk and the grin, like, like, <laughs> right? Like, they're they're about to roast my entire lifeline, right? Like, like this this is this is it's totally fine. And Necropotence but, looks badass. Ristic on, study, what? Honestly, though, Grim, tell me, like, if they took Greater Oromancy and Smothering Tithe and just swapped the art, would you know the difference, <laughs> or yes. would you be just as hyped because look you at, love the anime? There's no way look, you would know yeah, the difference. Yeah, look at this. Okay, <laughs> so the Greater Oromancy, you have what I assume is well, the I don't know, the Oromancer, and then the two Oromancy, which is like a sheep <laughs> bee, and like. I don't know, like a deer like thingy that looks like also it could be asparagus, right? I'm not really the point is, the creatures are not what you're here for for me to analyze, okay? But the point is that like they've got auras around them, right? They've got bubbles and all of this magical art swirling around them. She's clearly enchanting them. Okay. But how is that? What we learned today is Krim will buy anything with anime. Yeah, justification he can make. That is not entirely the case here. I, I mean, it, it has to work, right? Like, I, I, I would. Okay, so the only thing that I, the only artwork that I thought was questionable from this, from the ones that I've seen so far, is okay. At first, like at first glance, doubling season. That's oh, the only wow. one. That's but the only I one that realized, makes sense to me because it's all well, double. That's the one that actually I'm like, okay, I can actually well, see that. It makes sense. But it season. makes me think of Gilded Goose. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, yeah, like, see, I think of Gilded Goose, but the thing is, it, it it's because the border blocks off all the eggs that it's sitting on, right? That like, is a big all pile of eggs. Box, yeah. Right. Like that's when it's like, oh, that's very doubling season, right? Like this just doesn't look like a weird new Simic card, right? Because this is what Simic cards look like, <laughs> like a fifty-two headed geese. So, like, the, but but everything else makes sense. Necropotence has the dark. Okay, the ones that I would say are too similar are Necropotence and I, that, it, like, and actually, no, wait, that's just two separate artworks of the same card. Never mind. The other one's not anime. <laughs> I, I, I okay. feel like they just went and bought, like, an anime art pack. <laughs> and then just put it on some cards. That, okay, yeah. like, hold you, on. You know that when is... you watch, when you you know when you're like a part of a fandom, right? Like you you let's say you're a Lord of the Rings fan, and then someone's like, "Oh, I drew Gandalf," and then you look at the picture and you're like, "This has no essence of Gandalf whatsoever. It's just some generic art, right?" Like I feel this is I what think... happened here. Where no, this is what? just like anime this for is... the sake of anime, rather than like I have a really cool concept. You know, I, I want to execute it in this style or something like this if, is if this was done style. not an anime style and like the same composition and the same whatever you'd be like what the heck is this like what is this richard this, richard right? you can't you like first off you can't just have that whole display case behind you and not understand the beauties of like okay like like yeah it it's an, a whole art style yeah it just looks like anime art but that's like writing it off and like saying just because it's anime, it's not it's not cool. Like like it it, it yeah, it's meant to be. It looks like an generic. I guess you you call it generic. I'm gonna use that right there. But the thing <laughs> is, it does look anime, and I that's what it is. It's for people who just like anime looking things, right? But, like, but, but, but couldn't like, you like have it be smothering tide and it looks like smothering like style. something yeah. that it does, describes but it does smothering tide? Like smothering tide. 
Uh, maybe I just don't know anime well enough. Maybe if you know anime as well as Krim, it makes sense. Maybe I'm just not on that level of anime with my oh, one viewing Seth, of Death we'll Note. we'll sit down at Vegas. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a watch, right? Because it looks like that time when I was reborn as a villainess. Right? And and that is, that's is—that's the whole anime title, by the way. That whole just, just, 32. Just, imagine this was on a full art play, Matt. Would you have any problem bringing this? Is this does this start being like, hmm, why is the girl blushing? <laughs> I, no, no, that's not. That's, that's okay. It like does not give the good vibes. <laughs> what do you? Th- I, I, as long as rapacious dragon anime art exists, there is nothing that will be more lewd. So far, like currently, wait. there is nothing more lewd. So would you would you use that plant mat at like a magic con? I don't think I would. There's no way I, I know. Unironically, unironically. Wait. <laughs> Well, okay, let me ask you this. Is Are you asking that because for some odd reason Richard thinks that blush immediately makes no, it no. weird? Or, no, 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 no. Like, so I don't think there's anything wrong with the art. I don't think it's like you sh- this art shouldn't exist. But personally, I would not feel comfortable like playing it at a big magic con in public. I just wouldn't want to deal with people seeing me playing it in public for whatever reason. So I don't I mean, think there's I, anything I, wrong with saying you would play it. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, gotcha, you're a whatever. But, like, I'm curious Like, because I would just – I don't know. I would – feel weird about it i mean i i don't understand because like look let me let me tell you something growing up in middle school i was very <laughs> self-conscious about people knowing that i liked anime right uh, like i growing it was really weird the things that i grew up and was worried people knew that i liked right and now in the current year and then i hit college and at some point i just like put on every piece of weavery i could <laughs> And like, I don't see what's wrong with playing this at a GP or whatever, right? Like, it's not lewd. It's not like it's absurdly sexual or anything. So it's fine to me. And like, it looks fun. It just looks like having a good ass time. I want to have yeah. a good ass time. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's close this up. I, I don't. I want to be sure we're not gatekeeping anyone from using this. Yeah. You know, this is a perfectly fine magic card. If you like the art, you know, it's great. If you want to put it on your play mat, that's great. I feel it's a bit out of place with the rest of the vibe of magic, and I feel it's How? low effort. How? It's like There's low no... effort, right? Like it doesn't fallout. show smothering tithe, really. Like I don't understand why someone what? would be like, "Yes, it's this totally is the epitome does. of smothering tithe." One of our chase cards in Magic: The Gathering, but Krim loves it. So maybe everyone is like Krim, and we're gonna find out. <laughs> based on people's wallets on how these Eldraine uh, anime cards do, because oh. we if, know we can tell from the price if they're popular or not. Like the Phyrexian cards are not popular. Really? Because uh, I love those cards too. I guess. No, because <laughs> no one, like your double-sided shouldred or whatever, you don't know what it even does when it's in Phyrexian. So those are actually the cheapest amongst all versions, including like the base version, which, which kind of tells you that it's not desirable uh, using wizard's words, right? So we're going to tell from the price of Smothering Tide if it's more or less desirable than uh, the base version. And then will... if you do like this artwork and you, or you don't know why you do, that means you're having... An awakening. <laughs> You're now understanding that you are also a weeb. <laughs> I, I I will say these cards are going to be very popular and expensive. I don't think there's any doubt. I have zero zero really? doubt. Like it's not my thing, but I expect I expect there are many many crims out there based on the jumpstart ones and just how well they did. I think these are going to be really popular. And I to all the crims out there, yo, don't also, listen to the, the naysayers. That's, one, this is a W. 
One more anime thing, and then we probably got to wrap it up for this week. But uh, did you see, so they announced a bunch of promos this week for a bunch of different things. So there's like a new borderless reliquary tower that's going to be for some command fest in October. There's a bunch of eternal weekend promos, the uh, old border mental misstep and dragon rage channeler. Most interesting though, I'm so jealous of the Japanese. You get so many cool promos in Japan. They just announced today um, these new planeswalker friendly match promos. That's a Fraxian Rager, New Braids, and then the Liliana in this is anime art style, right? Richard, yeah. I know you're a huge Liliana fan. What do you think of this uh, anime Liliana? Would this make it in your modern Jun deck? Is right. this the <laughs> Richard? Love it <laughs> because it's not generic art. It's Liliana, right? You're like it's Liliana reimagined as an anime character. Like imagine if they just had. The smothering tide are on Liliana. You're like, what the heck is <laughs> yeah, okay, this? What yeah, is this Liliana obvious. about, right? But this one has the Liliana stuff going on. So I love this card. Now, Dude, I love... better than the Final Fantasy art? Mm, right? Mm. No. Uh, mm, but that one's not cheap. This one might be attainable. So... What about uh, that braids to God? Look at that. Look at, okay. I'm uh, sorry. Like those eyes of the braids. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll sacrifice myself to braids, whatever you need. <laughs> like, like, to me, they put some effort into this. So this is the crossover anime that I love, right? I don't like the, what is this art? You'll never be able to tell. Like I could show you this picture and you can immediately tell me it's Liliana. You can probably guess this is braids if I gave you like a multiple choice question. But yep. Smothering Tithe, you have like no shot, in my opinion, of figuring out what it is, unless you're Krim. Krim is clairvoyant. <laughs> yeah. He knows. And <laughs> in Wizard's defense, it's it's gotta be easier to do it with ca- iconic characters like Liliana than Braids than Smothering Tithe or Insurrection or like some of the or aggravated assault. Like it's a little bit harder to get across, right? Like there's a lot more uh subjectivity in some of those, so I don't know. The promos are sweet, though. I just wish they would come over they, here sometime. I don't know. I don't know how I would ever about, get one of them, but they are cool. What about the master, like, like master duel? Like they did something with them that that gave, like, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Right? The cards like so, earthquake. Yeah, uh, there's, yeah. there's also yeah, there's more Japanese promos. They have dual masters art. Only available in Japan, Earthquake, Sarah Angel, Pouncing Jaguar in a, a crim just for you, Nicole Bolas. I assume you're all over that Nicole Bolas, right? Yeah, there it is. That's what we want to talk about. That Bolas is sick, dude. Holy hell. Sick. It's got the frame break thing going out like right off the card, essentially. It looks, it does look really cool. Like, yeah, like the the art for that bolus is mainly why we're here today. Everything else, I really, really don't care about. Like, where am I going to play the Dragwire? I mean, Sarah Angel looks cool, but, like, yeah, whatever. And that Earthquake is actually kind of nice, so I do like that one, too. Um, but that bolus is clean. Yo, Japan, you've got some banger promos. Mm, if yes, you, if any of y'all have that bolus or, 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 you know, any of that stuff and you don't need it or that lily, you know, send it my way. The we, the weeb, the weeb king appreciates it. <laughs> and that's I another one that like affects- Liliana that looks very recognizable, right? It's anime style, yeah. but you instantly yeah. know it's Nicole Bolas. Well, the frame effects are amazing. Like they haven't yeah. ever done this effect, right? It's. It's the frame break from Marvel Snap, right? His wings are going under the mana symbols and everything, and then the, the other wing is going above the black border. Like, it's amazing. They've done, they I think just Sarah did Angel's this with, with Commander Master. Really yeah, I was going to say, they just did a, like 10 frame break special treatments in Commander Masters, too. So maybe we see more of them in the future, because I think, uh, I think Wizards is 
I wonder if it is because of Snap. Do you think it's Wizards trying to get on, no. on the frame break thing <laughs> I mean, Snap? There's only so many ways you can make special borders, right? I'm surprised they haven't done it before, though. Magic so, yeah. Snap. Magic Snap. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that pretty much brings us to the end. Oh, no, another week. Are we doing fish mail or are we skipping again? I feel like we've skipped fish mail like three weeks in a row. Don't we have time? Uh, we can we can toss in a maybe quick sneak in one quick one because next week we have spoilers. So yeah, let's yeah, sneak in a yeah. quick fish mail. fish mail. Um, <laughs> okay, here we got we got to talk about modern. Uh, Chris, uh, sorry, beer of Nylea. Why didn't flame rift catch on in modern? It was a staple legacy burn, but I've never seen one cast in modern. And flame rift is a two mana sorcery. Uh, flame rift deals four damage to each player. I, mean, I think it must just be the card pool. Actually, I don't even know. Does it see play in Legacy anymore? I don't even think it sees Legacy play. I think it's kind of been like power creeped out. I think but, it's uh, old, in the old days. You would in the see old it. days. Yeah. But Legacy Burn, you have a. Oh, no. What's the card that lets you sack two mountains to deal four damage? Fire like Blast. I've, yeah. Ah, fire blast, like, yeah. I think because of cards like Fire Blast in Price of Progress, you can get away with dealing four to yourself more easily than you can in Modern. I think in Modern, like taking four when you're trying to just Bolt and Boros charm people is pretty risky. When in Legacy, you can almost play it like a combo deck where it's just like Price of Progress you for like six, untap, Flame Rift. Uh, fire blast game over on the spot so i think it's just card pool differences mostly although i also thought it would see play in modern burn when it first came out and it just hasn't hasn't really made it so i think it's just too much risk though like uh what, what's the what's the two drop eidolon of the great mm -hmm. rebel yeah i have killed so many burn players with their own eidolon <laughs> like like it, it it is not like like burn is actually like very very tight like you're just like edging out people and modern is kind of fair. Burn deck is kind of slow. So people are hitting you with stuff. So I think Seth is right. You don't want to take the four damage. Uh, why don't we see it in like Grix's Shadow or something like that? Like, is that like we just don't need the burn? Like, there's no point to it. You're just chunking people for 13 or whatever at a time. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't care. But like, that was the only home I could think of where you actively want to deal yourself damage. But four is a lot. Four is a lot. And you got to think of what you would replace it with too. So you'd be taking like a probably a one mana three damage spell out to add this in so you're like paying one more mana to get one more damage but you also have to take four to the face <laughs> which is just a little a little sketchy and modern yeah all right so uh thank you to beer of nylea for sending that question in if you have future questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air and I believe that brings us to the end of episode 446 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krem, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about Wilds of Eldorade spoilers and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. Until then, have a spectacular week, everyone. And this is a crew signing out. Bye.